Wow, that new episode was insane. Think of all the twists and turns we got in those 51 minutes. A deceit name and hand reveal, tons of gaming references, more easter eggs than can fill up a pastel pink easter basket, the reveal of Leslie Onum Jr. himself in place of all the orange side and X theories, and above all, more angst on all sides. Angst, the gift that keeps on grieving. But above all, there was so much theory fodder for a lot of different things. So many points and issues were left ambiguous, and who knows when we'll be able to see each of them resolved. And while I could go on and on explaining all of these questions now in this intro segment, I think a listener by the name of Jay Hendricks would like to have the honors. Jay? Hi, Brooke. Um, I've really loved your show. It's really good. Uh, I... Don't really have any solid theories, but I'd love to hear anything you have to say about the newest episode, Selfishness versus Selfishness Redux. I'll give you a second, just in case you haven't seen it. Okay, spoilers! Janice. What do you think of Janice? Do you think we should trust him, or do you think that this is a trick? I'd love to trust him. I think he's a really cool character, but I'm also very scared of Thomas trusting him. What would that mean for the series? Um, I would also love to hear any theories about Logan, if you think Janice was Logan the entire episode, or if there was a switch-off between Logan and um, Janice sometime during, like, whether it was a choice or if it was like he was literally pulled off by the cane. I don't know. Um, I'm not making sense. I'm sorry. Um, I would also love to hear stuff, um, what you think about Patton's breakdown, or Roman being defensive as soon as Janice shows up after he was vulnerable, or just anything from the episode. Um, I love your work, and I hope you're doing okay. Good luck. Thanks for your support and for being a listener, Jay. And your questions are certainly up at the top of theory priority. Janice, Logan, Patton, and Roman. So many sides and so many theories to be made. As I started writing down my ideas for these questions, I certainly got the mind gears a turn with many different speculations. So many, in fact, that I've decided I couldn't fit it all in one neatly wrapped episode of comebacks and contemplations. So I'm going to do something different for this set of theories. They're going to be spread out in a multi-part series called Side by Side, this episode being the first, where I cover all of the theories I've made from putting others first, one side at a time. This format will help me produce my quick-paced episodes faster, and also for you all, so you can easily find the theories that you'd like to hear. So enough with the background, and let's get to theorizing. Welcome to part one of Side by Side, my multi-part podcast series analyzing the Sandersides episode, Putting Others First. This first part shall be covering my theory regarding everyone's favorite snake boy, Janice. It's time to press start on Snake It Till You Make It. Alright, let's start with the elephant, or, well, the two-headed snake in the room, Janice. What's this dude's deal? Well, after re-watching the episode and doing a bit of research, I've come to the conclusion that Janice is a very persuasive guy. Now wait, there's more to the theory than that. Specifically, I've found that he's a master of Aristotle's rhetorical appeals, which are essentially different methods you can use to convince people of an argument or point you want to make. You may be familiar with two of them already, Logos and Pathos, for inspiring Logan and Patton's names, respectively. But if you need a refresher, the three main appeals are Logos, Pathos, and Ethos. 
Logos appeals to one's sense of logic and uses numbers, facts, common sense, or analogies to prove a point. Pathos appeals, opposingly, to one's sense of emotions, using emotionally powered language to make the audience feel a certain way, like happy, sad, angry, guilty, etc. Finally, Ethos appeals to the speaker's character and ethical standpoint and convinces the audience that the speaker is a reliable source, which usually comes in the form of the speaker just telling the audience why they're reputable in the first place. And hey, that last one rings a bell, doesn't it? How can we trust him? I don't have a simple answer to that question, but here's a start. My name is Janice. Clearly, Janice is using ethos as he convinces Thomas to trust him because he's showing he can be vulnerable and trustworthy enough to reveal his name to Thomas. And doesn't this same trust sound familiar to a certain scene in Selfishness vs. Selflessness 1? You can't trust me. It's not like I'm trying to look out for you or anything. Janice has especially used ethos to convince Thomas he's a lot more trustworthy than his sliminess leads us to believe. Continuing this appealing analysis, the example of pathos in Janice's speech occurs during the Mega Man boss scene with Lily Patton and Roman, where Janice uses quite charged and guilt-tripping language towards Patton. You've taken things too far. The plane is going down. You need to give Thomas some room to breathe. In this statement, Janice is inciting guilt into Patton for being unaware of Thomas's mental health by saying that Patton has been putting Thomas in mortal danger, and that Patton needs to let Thomas help himself for once. He's also used pathos in his arguments before. Think back to this quote from Selfishness vs. Selflessness 1. Between looking and feeling like a good friend and a dream come true. And this one from Can Lying Be Good. Well, it's all about priorities, friendo. What's more important to us, Joan's feelings or honesty? In both of these quotes, Janice uses the idea of feelings to persuade Thomas to make a decision. That's the absolute definition of pathos. Lastly, while Janice never exactly pinpointed Logos throughout his arguments and putting others first, a lot of Logan's points did that exact thing for him, like this one. Additionally, doctors Iwasaki, Messina, and Hopper wrote that leisure time promotes a joyful life. And if that isn't enough, pleasurable activities stimulate the production of neurochemicals which can then improve one's physical health. Leisure is something that Thomas needs more of in his life in order to feel like he has a life. An example where Janice himself appealed to Logos is in Selfishness vs. Selflessness 1, where he cites how dishonesty led to the victory of D-Day. Oh, and no one has ever done any good with dishonesty at someone else's expense. It was pretty despicable when the Allies misled the Germans about the date and location of their D-Day landings, an operation which led to the eventual liberation of Europe from Nazi control. Seeing as Logos can also be found in relevant historical events and facts, Janice uses a very strong appeal to Logos here. And just like in Putting Others First, Janice didn't use Logos very much in Can Lying Be Good. It does make sense though, seeing as he was trying to impersonate Patton, who doesn't really deal with that subject. He once again handed off the Logos lamenting to Logan. According to Pamela Meyer, author of Lie Spotting, on any given day, you may be lied to between 10 to 200 times. She's also stated that strangers lie three times within the first 10 minutes of meeting each other. An average unmarried couple lies to one another in one out of every three interactions. Very few people are always honest 100% of the time. 
What's the big deal, though? What do these old Greek guys' rhetorical devices have to do with the question about if we should trust Janus? Well, isn't it a bit off-putting that Janus has a good handle on pathos and logos, these two being appeals that directly relate to the other sides? This basically means that Janus can do Patton and Logan's reasonings as good, if not more convincingly, than they can. There's another part to this, though. There are actually two other rhetorical appeals that are vastly unknown to this day, Karyos and Telos. Basically, they boil down to this. Karyos concerns taking the opportune moment to share your message, and Telos concerns a message's purpose and how you format your message to the audience you're giving it to. And putting others first very clearly demonstrates Janus's use of these appeals too. Karyos is represented in the fact that Janus hammered in his message of self-care and letting Thomas have a bit of selfishness, as a treat that is, right after Thomas performed an act of selflessness that severely damaged his mental health and his ideologies towards doing good things. He didn't get anything out of it other than a new high score in Word Crush. That's the closest to an act of true selflessness that I believe is possible. And look, it served no one. So maybe selflessness isn't always the answer. If that isn't good timing, then I don't know what is. And Telos is found in Janice's use of metaphor after metaphor after metaphor. He knows that Thomas likes analogies. They're used in a lot of Big Sandersides episodes. Think the puzzle analogy and learning new things about ourselves. And he uses this fact to his advantage in this episode with his lifeguard comparison. Mental health management is a little more like um, training to be a lifeguard. You have to spend time practicing and preparing and building up your strengths so that when you're inevitably faced with an emergency, you're better equipped to handle it. So, Janice knows how to be persuasive, not only with the big three, but also with two other appeals too. Big deal, right? What could he even do with this anyway? Well, remember this exchange in Selfishness versus Selflessness 1? You always seem to have some bigger plan, some agenda. Doesn't everyone? Well, not everyone is so secretive about theirs. Everything has a purpose, and sometimes fulfilling your purpose requires keeping things close to the chest. Janice has confirmed in the past that he has a secret agenda. What it's about is anyone's guess. But it's important to note that he, the personification of lies, denial, and even self-preservation, has one. If he does continue to have a seat at the discussion table, which is probable, it's plausible that Janice will continue to use these persuasive appeals to go through with this agenda, which, remember, two of the appeals directly connect to the other sides. Janice knows how to convince Thomas. Janice has practiced and perfected these techniques throughout the series and he now knows what works. What I'm saying is this, Janice isn't inherently evil, but he isn't entirely trustworthy. He has an agenda and knows what he can do to get Thomas on his side about it. We need to be skeptical. We need to keep watching out for times when Janice will try and jump for opportunities to use these appeals for his own purposes. He may have used them for good now, sure, but we need to keep watch, because who knows what he could have in store next. Alright, that about does it for this part of Side by Side. Tune in next week for my next episode about Logan and Janice, plus a bit of Virgil too. And until then, be sure to always get your good side. See you later!